Well, good morning and welcome once again to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. I see we all survived Thanksgiving and hopefully we could still fit into our clothes this morning and uh, we didn't completely overeat. Um, at least that's the hope anyway. And now that we've kind of gotten through the Thanksgiving holiday, we kind of shift our focus and we start to think about Christmas. And not just the commercial holiday of Christmas, but we start to think about what Christmas really means to us as Christians. Now, this is kind of a cool time of the year because this is the one time of the year that everybody focuses on Jesus Christ. It's right there in the name of Christmas is Christ. Christ is right in the middle of it. Now, this is a cool time of the year because people who want nothing to do with Jesus Christ and want nothing to do with church the rest of the year around all of a sudden start to open up a little bit and start to focus a little bit on Jesus Christ. And the reason that I bring that to your attention is this is a great time to start those conversations with your friends and your loved ones and your coworkers about our Lord and Savior because people are more open to that this time of the year. What a great time to tell them about the good news of Jesus. What a great time to invite them to our church services so that they too can experience Jesus Christ. So we're about to launch into a new five-part series that's going to start today and run all the way through. Uh, the way the calendar worked out, it's actually going to finish on December 26th, so the day after Christmas. And this series is called The Promise. Now, when you hear that word promise, it can create some strong emotions, whether positively or negatively. Because maybe you can think of a time where someone kept a promise to you and how that made you feel. And maybe you can think of a time where someone didn't keep a promise to you and how that made you feel. It's not a good feeling, is it, when someone promises to do something, to be somewhere, and they don't show up. The good news is, with God, you don't have to worry about that. Because God always keeps his promises. And that's what we're going to be looking, about, looking at over the next five weeks, is we're going to be looking at the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior from a little bit different angle. And that is, we're going to study some of the people that were the first to encounter Jesus Christ during his life on earth. And as you see behind me, we have the banners that will lay out the entire series for you. So the, for those of you who like to get ahead, you can see the main scripture of each of our lessons. And today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 as we look at the idea of hope. Now hope is very important for us, and we, we know that. But hope takes on kind of a more important, more impactful meaning this time of the year. Because unfortunately, this time of the year brings out a lot of emotions for people and can leave people feeling hopeless. But we as Christians know that we have hope. And that's what we're going to look at here this morning. So, here's kind of the big idea. The thing I want you to think about as we go through this service today is that God always keeps his promises even when he takes longer than you would like. And you can probably think of a time in your life where you, you, you just had to wait and it just drove you crazy. Waiting, as the song says, is the hardest part. And we're going to talk a little bit more about waiting here in just a moment. And the way that it makes us feel is that we can be confident that God has not forgotten about me. And that fact gives us hope. And that's what we're going to be unpacking today is the things that give us hope. 
And as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be four, four major parts, and then we'll have our Christmas service as well, but that's going to be hope, peace, joy, and love. And some of you will recognize that as that's also the four themes of Advent as well. And that's what we're going to be looking at starting today. So, what is it about holidays that just means something special to us? Maybe it's the Christmas lights. Maybe, and I know this is true for my wife, which is why I put it in here, it's the Hallmark movies. I'm just going to throw that out there. This is a judgment-free zone. If you've had your Christmas lights up all year round, I won't judge you for that. My wife's been watching Christmas movies from Hallmark all year round, and I don't judge her for that. It's not my cup of tea, but hey, if you like watching movies where the plot line is exactly the same every single time, Hallmark movies are the way to go. They may change the main characters, but I'm going to tell you right now, the story is always the same. The car breaks down in front of the handsome single rancher's house. He has tons of money, and she's from the big city, and she leaves it all behind to go to the small town. Anyway, that's my soapbox about Hallmark movies. Or maybe you've been counting down to Christmas. And there's nothing wrong with any of these things. But what I want us to focus on as we, as we launch into this series is, what is it we should truly be looking forward to? What is it we should truly be hopeful about? At this time of the year, we start to think about, about Christmas, and we start to think about presents, and we have these beautiful Christmas trees, and, and I think back to my childhood, and how exciting it was to watch as, as the tree was put up, and, and as time went by, there were more and more packages under there, and, and, and we'd go over when mom and dad weren't looking right, and we'd pick one up, and we'd shake it, and we'd kind of weigh it, ooh, that feels like it could be, oh no, that feels like underwear, that's not good. Oh, but this, this feels like it might be my evil Knievel stunt set that I've been asking for. And we start to, to wait and to anticipate. And then what happens when Christmas Eve comes along and that's kind of the top, the top picture on the right, right? The kiddos, they kind of sleep with one eye open because it was always really hard to sleep the night before Christmas because you're just so excited for the presents that you were going to get in the morning. And that's exactly how we as Christians should feel about the gift that we've been given, and that is the gift of Jesus Christ. And see, we're all in kind of this waiting period, right? We're, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. We're waiting for Jesus to reestablish his kingdom here on earth. And we should be just as excited as the kids are on Christmas Eve as we wait for this to take place. And that's the story that we're going to look at here today. Now, somebody asked me the other day, well, what, what is this Advent thing everybody keeps throwing around? Advent simply means come into, just as Jesus came into the world for us. As we look at this, this series, as we look at Christmas, as we look at the story of Jesus Christ, we're going to be looking at some things from the past and what we can learn from that. And some of the prophecies about the coming of Jesus. And we're going to look at the future, right? That future gift that we have in Jesus Christ. And we're also going to look at the present. And see how the way we live into that today impacts not only the past, but it impacts the future as well. So I hope that you guys are excited about this series. I know that I'm obviously excited about this series. So I want to jump in and let's talk about 
hope and what that means for the Christian. So if you have your Bibles out, if you have your Bible app, we're going to be jumping around just a little bit today, but I want to start in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. And as we dig into this, I think this is the perfect verse for us to, to take a look at. It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Depending on the version that you're using, depending on the scripture that you're using, this one says to be sober, which simply means to clear your mind, right? It means to get in the mind frame to accept Jesus Christ. Some of the other versions say to gird up your loins. I always thought that gird up your loins just sounds strange. Does anybody else think that sounds strange? Because it sounds strange to me. But what gird up your loins simply meant was, you know, in this time and place, the men would have worn very long shirts, Right? These shirts would have come like down to, to like shin level, almost ankle level. And to gird up your loins simply meant that they would pick that shirt up and tuck it into their belt so that they could run, so that they could be prepared, so that they could be active. And I love that as, as far as this goes is because as we're waiting for Jesus to come back, we've got to be active. Right? This is not a passive thing. We shouldn't just be sitting back and waiting for Jesus to come back. Okay, Jesus, any day now, come on. I'm waiting any day now. No, this is reminding us that we need to be ready and we need to be active as we wait for Jesus. Hope is a certainty about the future that impacts our present. I'll say that again. Hope is a certainty about our future that impacts our present. Because, see, when we're certain that Jesus is going to come back, when we're certain in the hope that we have in Jesus, then we need to be doing something about that right now. Not just sitting around waiting. But it also impacts our mindset. As most of you know, I'm, I'm in school, and I have been for three and a half years now. And I'm going to graduate in May, thank goodness, before I lose my mind. But my point is this. See, I know that there is an end in sight. And I've got a date marked on my calendar of May 14th when I'm going to graduate. And that helps me to keep pushing through when I am up to my eyeballs in schoolwork and I'm up to my eyeballs in work and the kids are yelling and screaming and I'm like, I just can't do this anymore because I know that there's an end in sight. Now see, us as Christians... When things get difficult, and when we feel stressed, and when we're like, I just can't do this anymore, we have hope. And we find that hope in the scripture. We find that hope in the promises that God has made, and we know that God always keeps his promises. And that's what gives us the hope, and that's what gives us the strength, and that's what gives us the energy to keep pushing forward even when things get difficult. Turn over with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7. As I mentioned, I want to take some time to look at some of these prophecies and why these prophecies were important. But if we look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born. It says, To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace of the greatness of his government and peace. It says, there will be no end. 
says, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding, <coughs> excuse me, upholding it with justice and righteousness from time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. See, here we're being told about what was to come. Now, why is this important for today's story? Because as you can see, today's story is going to come from the book of Luke, which is in the New Testament. And this is way back in the book of Isaiah. But why is this important? Because, see, this is that promise that had been made to the Israelites way back when. Is that one day, all of this was going to be over. One day, all of the suffering and all of the persecution would be over. And one day, everything would be made right. So today, we want to look at the story of Simeon. And for some of you, that, that may be a very familiar story. And for some of you, may be going, wait a minute, who's Simeon? But I think this is one of the often overlooked stories from the birth of Christ that we tend to forget about. And I think there's some very important lessons that we can learn. So I want you to turn over with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 25. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. It says, Who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Simeon, and there are actually a couple of different Simeons listed in Scripture. But we do know a couple of things just from this very first passage. And that's that he lived in the Jerusalem area, obviously, and that he was righteous and devout and full of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's thought to be that Simeon was probably somewhere around 112 years old at this time. So he, he wasn't a young man. He was an older fella, right? But we know that he was righteous, he was devout, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he had had this divine revolution that, hey, one day you're going to see the Messiah before you die. Now, we talk about waiting, right? He's 112 years old, or thought to be at this time. Now, that's waiting, right? He's waiting. It says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. It says, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the customs of the law required. So again, Simeon is, is bought into the Holy Spirit, right? A lot of what we talked about in our last series, and that we're going to continue after our Advent series, but what we've been talking about is we've been talking about this idea of being in Christ. We've been talking about this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Simeon is a great example of being filled by the Spirit and listening to the Spirit. See, the Spirit said, you need to go, and he went. See, sometimes when the Spirit talks to us, when the Spirit urges us, what do we do? They go, no, not now, Holy Spirit. I got other things to do. No, not now, Holy Spirit. I know more than you do. I don't need to do that. But Simeon said, hey, the Spirit says I'm going to Jerusalem. Going to Jerusalem. So off he went. It says, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your 
salvation. Now I love this, because Simeon instantly knew who he was holding. He instantly recognized that this is the one he's been waiting for. And he recognized immediately that God fulfilled his promise. And he says, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Sovereign Lord. See, he's showing respect. He's saying, thank you, Lord. You did exactly what you promised that you would do. It says, <coughs> excuse me, what you have prepared in the sight of all nations. It says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people, Israel. See, Simeon is not only recognizing who he's got, right? Who he's holding, but he realizes that this is the person that was going to come that was going to get rid of all of the Jew versus Gentile. That was going to get rid of all of the different sects of people, right? And bring them all together in one through Jesus Christ. And Simeon is talking about this. And we're going to get into to Joseph and Mary in just a moment. But it says, the child's father and mother marveled as what was being said about him. Think about that for just a moment. Think about how Joseph and Mary must have been feeling, right? Here, here this, this man is holding the baby, and he's saying these really important, impactful things about the baby. And it says that they marveled at it. Think about that as parents, Right? You, you hand your baby to this older gentleman and he starts talking about how he's going to be the Messiah and how he's going to just do these amazing things. And this is when the baby was not very old. So this was all still new to Joseph and Mary as well. It says, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So now he's kind of transitioning, right? He's kind of giving them a heads up. Hey, this isn't going to be easy. This isn't going to be a cakewalk that you're in for. Because just like how you and I are not promised an easy life, right? We're not promised that everything is going to be roses. But what are we promised? We're promised that God will always be with us. That's exactly what he's talking about here. He's saying, look, this is not going to be easy. It says, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. See, Simeon is prophesying about the end of Christ's life and what that is going to look like. But again, think about how this must have felt to Mary and Joseph. To, to be told that your son is going to do amazing things and then, oh, by the way. So, Simeon held out hope. In a world that had lost hope, Simeon had remained hopeful. See, you got to remember, in this time and in this place, the Israelites had been through a lot. And at this very time that this was written, they would have been under Roman control. And that's just, just one in a list of many people that had controlled and lorded over the Israelites. And many people during that time had lost hope because it had been years and years and years of heartache and persecution and difficulties and troubled times. And people had started to lose hope. They started to lose hope. But here we have Simeon at 112 years old 
still holding out, still holding on to that hope that God would fulfill his promises. See, sometimes God makes us wait. He does. And it's not easy. Because by human nature, we don't like to wait. We live in a society where we want everything now. We want everything yesterday. When we go to order something, if it's not immediate, we don't want it. I got to wait three to five business days? Forget that. I want overnight shipping. I want same-day shipping. Come here, back when I was younger, if we ordered something, it was like four to six weeks, and we were good with that. Right? Now, if you went to Amazon and it told you four to six weeks, what do you do? No way. Nope. I get it somewhere else. We want everything in our time. We want everything right now. But that's not, that's not always the way that God works. Because, see, sometimes God wants us to learn something. See, God wants us to know something. We read from, from Romans earlier, uh, Brother Ken read Romans, and, and Romans 8.28 talks about how God works all things for the good of those that love him. All things for the good of those that love him. But guess what? It's not always on my time. It's not always on your time. It's on God's time. But one of the main things that we can learn from Simeon is that he waited. And he never lost hope. And God rewarded him for that. See, hope is birthed out of deep longings and desperate need. Deep longings and desperate needs. See, Simeon had been through a lot. The Israelites had been through a lot. God's chosen people had been through a lot. Two things happen when we hit the bottom. That proverbial rock bottom that we like to talk about. One of two things happens. You either give up or you find hope and you pull yourself out of it. And see, Simeon decided, you know what? I'm going to hold on to that hope that God will fulfill his promises. And I love the fact that we read that Simeon instantly recognized Jesus. He instantly recognized Jesus. Yet we read throughout scripture, what happens to Jesus? People don't recognize him. They think he's the gardener. They think he's a sorcerer. They think he's a false prophet. Throughout scripture, they didn't recognize Jesus. But see, Simeon was looking for Jesus and he found him. Simeon was looking for Jesus he was in the mindset to accept Jesus. His eyes were open to Jesus. He was expecting Jesus. And he didn't miss that opportunity when Jesus came. See, our hope comes in the form of a person. Our hope doesn't come on Christmas morning. Our hope doesn't come in the gifts that we might receive. Our hope comes in a man, in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And see, Simeon got that. He understood that. He was looking for it, and he was open to it, and he waited for it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 
says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that in His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's our hope right there in a nutshell. There's our hope. Our hope lies in Jesus. And as long as we've got Jesus, regardless of what else is going on, we've got hope. See, sometimes we got to wait. And sometimes we got to struggle. Right? And sometimes we get to the end of our rope or we hit that rock bottom. But as long as we've got Jesus, we've got hope. And that's what this season is all about. That's what this story is all about. It's about hope. And never losing or giving up on that hope. So what do we do? What do we do in the meantime? I mentioned earlier that sometimes we have to wait. It's what we do in the waiting. We've got to wait actively. See, we don't get to just sit back and twiddle our thumbs and go, Okay, Jesus, any day now. Come on back. Come on, Jesus. And I know some people that that's, that's their prayer every day is that Jesus would come. Lord, come. They pray that over and over again. But the question is, we know that Jesus will come because that's a promise that was made by God and God is faithful to his promises. But what are we doing in the meantime? Are we just kicking back in our recliner and going, okay, Jesus, any day now, I'm ready. Or are we actively waiting for him to come? Simeon was actively waiting. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was a righteous man. But what are we doing while we wait? And this time of the year, we start to think about these types of things, maybe even a little more than we do the rest of the year. But maybe maybe there's somebody that we need to forgive. Because, see, we got to continue to do the Lord's work while we wait for Jesus. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Or maybe you need to ask for forgiveness, right? That's the hard one, right? It's hard to go to somebody and say, I messed up. I made a mistake. I need you to forgive me. But maybe that's something you need to do while we're waiting for Jesus. We've got to repent of our sins. The Bible is very clear on this, right? We've got to turn away from our sinful lives. Now, that's not to say we're not going to sin because, unfortunately, we do that every day. And that's not going to stop anytime soon because the only one perfect person, right, was Jesus. But we've got to try to walk closer to Jesus every day. And that involves acknowledging and repenting and turning away from our sins. We've got to serve others. Right? Jesus said what? He came to do what? Jesus came to serve, right? Not to be served. And we're to follow the example of Jesus. So if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, then we got to serve. Whatever that looks like, whether it's serving your neighbor, whether it's serving your church, whether it's serving your, your community, we got to serve. we got to serve others and be like Christ. And we got to love. we got to love. we got to love each other. Right? We don't always agree. We don't always see eye to eye. I'm not even saying we got to be best friends, but we got to love. And we got to love everyone unconditionally. See, the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And what does it also say? 
to love. One more time, to love. Yes, your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say, love the ones who are just like you. It doesn't say, love the ones who look like you. It doesn't say, love the ones who vote like you. No, it says, love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, these are the, they're, they're, this list could be much, much longer than this. This list could go on. We could talk about this list for days and months and years, and this could be an ongoing series that just goes on for the next three years, talking about what are the things that we need to be doing. These are just an example of a few of the things that we need to be doing while we actively wait for Jesus to come back. And that's what gives us our hope. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come up and, and sing another song, which we like to call the Song of Invitation. And what that simply means is, if there's something that we can help you with, if there's something that we can do for you, we would love to help you in any way that we can. And, and maybe, you know, we talked about Simeon, right? Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit, and God used him in a big way. And maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you've never been baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the Holy Spirit so that God can use you just like he did Simeon. You have an opportunity to do that this morning. What, what a great chance to, to end this year on a high note, to start next year on the best note that you possibly could, and that's to give your life to Jesus Christ, because then you too have the hope that we have in Jesus. Or, or maybe you've just lost your hope. Maybe you, you fall into that category of those that are struggling or those that are, that are not feeling the hope that we have in Jesus. We invite you to come forward and the elders and myself would love to talk to you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to help you in any way that we can as we stand together and as we sing.
Baby boy, this heaven's for 